Hi, you're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast presented by DraftKings. DraftKings is an official betting sponsor of the NFL. And just so you know, it's legal in Arizona right now. And if you are not hopping on DraftKings, you should be because here's what you got to do. You download the app, you throw in code word PHNX, and then you bet $1 on an NFL game and then you get $200 to play with. Now, if you're smart, you're going to ignore basically all of my suggestions when it comes to what you do with your money. But you know what? DraftKings, as John Schuster has talked about, is one of the more, is one of the easier ones to navigate. And the great thing about it, too, is that everybody knows about DraftKings. It's not like, you know, it's some fly-by-night thing. It's here. Everybody knows about it. And you know what? Quite frankly, it's... It's not going anywhere, so I would hop on there. I would just ignore basically everything that I have to say, though, at this point. And one thing, though, that I would tell you, though, if you do have a gambling issue, you should call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, and they can get you set up there. But like I said, you know what? I put in some money on DraftKings. I'm not good, I'm not good at this, so basically in the future... When I have a Luke's locks, basically ignore what I have to say and go in the other direction. But, John Schuster, let's talk a little bit about the University of Arizona Wildcat football game tonight. And the U of A, well, you lost 38-14 to in a game that really didn't even feel that uh, close. And I got caught up a little bit in the sauce here and that I watched the first BYU game or the first game of the season against BYU, and I'm thinking to myself, hey, Arizona didn't look out of place. They fought. They battled. But a very wise man I know named John Schuster also said, Mike, the biggest difference is always going to be from game one to game two. That's when you find out really kind of where everything resides. And you know what, Shu? You were spot on on that one, my man. You got the floor. Every once in a while, the old man uh, comes up with things that uh, work themselves through. From an Arizona fan standpoint, uh, it's understandable that uh, we were hoping that wasn't necessarily the case, but uh, this was a bludgeoning. Uh, 21 points in a seven-minute span. Uh, San Diego State rattled off big plays through the air and on the ground and then got a big special teams touchdown as well. And Arizona could not move the ball and get anything going offensively. So the frustration here of, and there are a bunch of them is that now, you know, if we had done, if this San Diego state game had happened, you know, eight days ago, you know, before the BYU performance, you come through with the San Diego state game. You say, yeah, okay. You know, that's, whoop, that's, a game yeah. we th- that's a game to think the, uh, you know, the cats can uh, pluck, but by the same token, you know, there isn't a lot of talent on this team. So if it's San Diego state comes into Tucson and wins that game, that's a big deal um, for prognosticators. And, and you've talked about this. I think a lot of the over under lines on the season on the number of wins for mm-hmm. Arizona was two and a half. Which uh, so, if, yeah, so if you took the over uh, on two and a half, you know, when you were able to bet this a couple of weeks ago, uh, this is a game that you needed. This was a pivotal game. So, you know, from that standpoint, there are some folks out there who might be a little bit concerned in regards to that. But putting that off the table, Arizona was completely exposed tonight. San Diego State's game plan was outstanding. And it's understandable what Arizona was trying to do, stop the run uh, and make San Diego State beat them through the air. So what did San Diego State do? They beat them through the air and they still ran the football. Uh, You know what a big problem for me, though, in this game was? This was not a vintage. And you could tell we've 
it feels weird talking about a vintage San Diego State football team, but I think you know where I'm get, getting at there. This, to me, was a little bit different, though, Schuster, in that across the board, San Diego State looked bigger. They looked more athletic. They looked like they had better skill position players. Quite frankly, they looked like they just had better players across the board. And we talk about it from time to time, you know, how many players from one team would start on another team. And I looked at that San Diego State team, and I'm thinking to myself, outside of maybe like Stanley Berryhill and maybe one or two other players, I don't know that anybody's starting at San Diego. And that's a problem, and it shows you how far the Jed Fish has to go with the roster, with the program that he's inherited at this point. There are, you know, there's always a good news that we, we have to understand that this is a long-term work in progress. And there are going to be difficult games like this. I think the frustration, to, obviously the frustration tonight is uh, multifaceted because a lot of people thought, a lot of gamblers thought, that Arizona, based on its BYU performance, that San Diego State, based on a performance against a New Mexico State team that isn't very good, uh, was you know, maybe going to get an opportunity to get a W here at home. All of that made sense. Uh, but, you know, San Diego State came into this with a game plan, a lot of confidence, and, and, and dialed it up very nicely. One of the things I think that you're going to see a lot with a defense that is going to take a lot of chances is there are going to be games where you get burned. This is probably not the only time this happens to Arizona this year. Uh, it's going to be fun sometimes when they get tackles for losses. They've still got to force turnovers and haven't done that now in two games. And, uh, you know, the game plan uh, from the Aztecs from Brady Hoke and his coaching staff was outstanding. And eight concerns about their quarterback uh, based on tonight's performance were absolutely put to rest. The game plan makes sense. I mean, okay. San Diego State ran, ran for about 250 against New Mexico State. Couldn't throw the football. QB was six for 19. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? Make the QB beat you. And I thought one of the things that was sort of interesting and indicative early on, we heard a lot, Mike, in the summer about the, the great joke about Arizona's offense, how you're going to see the <laughs> tight end right. used a lot at Arizona in games at Arizona Stadium. What we didn't anticipate is it was going to be San Diego State that used the tight end a lot and rattled and racked up about seemingly 200 yards in the process. And let's talk a little bit about the tight end here, because that, that to me was a bad, bad harbinger of things to come. Because San Diego State, when uh, the tight end streaks across the field and down the sideline for a touchdown, it looked like he was moving in slow motion. He This wasn't exactly Rob Gronkowski we were talking about. And Arizona guys just couldn't catch him. There were two startling things for me in this game, especially to start out the game. One was that San Diego State was much bigger, more physical, just more athletic. The second, and this was not the one that I really – this was the one that really surprised me. I did not see Arizona being in the situation where they were going to miss so many tackles. I felt bad in a weird way for Don Brown because how many times was a guy in position to make a tackle and, oh, by the way, he goes for the guy's ankles, guy gets up, high steps, goes down the field. There were multiple touchdowns where Arizona had two or three cracks at the at the ball carrier, and they just whiffed. As a defensive coordinator, that's got to be the biggest complaint that you have. What else am I supposed to do? I've schemed to put you in the right position right there. I'm not asking you to run with somebody you can't run with, but if somebody's right in front of you, I need you to be able to tackle. So to me, it was a little bit of a – it was kind of a, a – 
a bunch of events that kind of like converged on each other here and that you don't have a lot of talent. And oh, by the way, when you were put in position to make plays, you just couldn't. What Arizona has to do, and, 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 and I get that it sounds stupid and it sounds, you know, obvious. It, it's both of those things. But when you are talent deficient, you have to do the little things right. Against BYU, they did. And, 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 and that gave us, I don't want to say it's false hope. Who the hell knows? By the time we get into week three or week four, maybe Arizona fixes some of this stuff because they just got embarrassed in front of nobody who went to their stadium in their debut home game. Uh, so, you know, it's a good learning tool. It's a good coaching tool for Don Brown and, you know, the folks on the defensive side of the ball. But Arizona took a huge step backward. Not only, to, and, and this happens when things steamroll on you. You know, instead, it, it's when you get down, somebody makes a big play, scores fast, makes another big play, scores fast. Then you start to get out of your out of the out, out of the fundamentals, out of the execution. And then you make mistakes. And, and that's when it starts to just become a mess. It's you want to obviously go into games and win. But we know where Arizona is right now, and right. we know what that that there's a that, that there's a long term investment that's going to take place. There are going to be some improvements, and there are going to be some frustrations. Tonight was unquestionably a frustration. However, one of the things that you talked about, and you've brought it up a couple times, and I think it's kind of interesting. It harkens. Oh, you're back skeptical to, about what you're about to say. You're skeptical. Uh, I can tell. It it it. Har- <laughs> I'm telling you what you're thinking right now. Uh, you probably do, but maybe you don't. You hearkened back to uh, Arizona's uh, lack of relative talent when compared to San Diego State. But mm-hmm. you're a recruiting guy. You've followed recruiting a lot. You know that Arizona has been basically beating out directional schools for talent. And, San- and 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 they haven't been winning battles against San Diego State. So who's got better talent? I, I get that they're in a better conference, and as a result of being in a better conference, they, they should have better people. But San Diego State right now, since 2015, I heard the radio broadcast talk about this. They've got the 12th best record in football. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about them. And going into this year, because they had the first game where it looked bad against a subpar opponent, even though in fairness, I guess they scored 28 points in the second half and started to get things, you know, controlled a little bit. San Diego State's good. And they proved it to a large degree. I think tonight or took a really good step. When we talked a couple days ago, you mentioned uh, they were without 70% of their starters. That's Mm -hmm. a big deal for a lot of programs. But if you still have some talent in the pipeline, then then your program's on solid footing. And right now, there's no question that San Diego State is way ahead of the curve than Arizona at this stage. You know what I underestimated? And we just had a a, a listener uh, say that San Diego State's not scared of the Pac-12 and I'm going to agree with you on that. You know what I was wrong, though, about with San Diego State? I underestimated their capacity to be able to almost be self-sustaining at this point. You see the great programs out there when they lose 60% of their guys, 50% of their guys, whatever the case may be. Again, this is a bad comparison, but I'm going to throw it out there. Alabama loses seven first-round picks. Nobody cares. They're going to be the first team in the country or the first. San Diego State to me is a much obviously a much smaller example of that. But are they almost at the stage now where they're going to be year in and year out, no matter who they lose, an eight, a nine, a ten win team? Because that's what it felt like watching San Diego State out there. Even though they didn't look great against New Mexico State, they had a quarterback out there that was good enough. And when you're good enough and you've got a running back like Greg Bell, and let's be honest here, Greg Bell is going to be an NFL player. San Diego State has a couple guys on that team that you looked at and you said, okay, 
they'll be playing on Sundays. Arizona doesn't have any of those. So I think I kind of looked at it and I made the mistake of thinking to myself that San Diego State isn't at that level where they can just basically count on eight, nine, 10 wins because we're going to lose seniors. But oh, by the way, the freshmen and the sophomores that we got warming up in the bullpen, they're going to be problems when they hit the field. It's a natural, you know, and it appears right now that Why as long as that's here. No, as long, no, you're showing you're showing your youth because you're strikingly handsome on a Saturday night and still doing your job. Uh, and that's it's it. it that's right. really the breakdown here. And I think that's the thing that Arizona fans are going to take out of this is is just how impressive Mike Luke is, even on any time on a Saturday night. He delivers. And but as does San Diego State. And mm-hmm. it feels like as long as that coaching staff is intact, generally speaking, and there, they're going to be pretty good. And they've made it a very attractive. They do a good job recruiting, uh, obviously. And it's it is a pipeline thing. And uh, that's good. Uh, well, it's good from San Diego State standpoint. Uh, they they have had very good years. They are woefully underappreciated, I think. But to a large degree, a lot of the non-Power 5 conference college football teams probably don't get the attention that they deserve. I don't think that's necessarily any, you know, Cincinnati's ranked seventh right now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really, anybody name three people on Cincinnati's roster? Bob uh, they, Huggins. They, they really, <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you name somebody on a roster. Uh, they, they uh, you, you know, they're a team that is in another, if you're in a lesser conference, it's just going to happen because so much of the air is given to the SEC and then the other Power Five conferences. And San Diego State plays a bunch of late games. So, and, and now they're playing a bunch of late games and they, they don't have a home stadium. They're playing in Carson this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like the program is on very solid footing. So, all of that said, obviously the issue isn't, you know, what's going on with San Diego State, which is good. The issue for this podcast is what's going on with Arizona, which is bad. And, and tonight's performance was unpleasant for Wildcat fans to watch, and it didn't get any better. And one of the things that, uh, you know, I heard, and I think is going to be discussed to some degree, and it's frankly laughable, is this quote-unquote quarterback controversy that now is going to maybe, you know, bring its head up in this program. What? Because Plummer led them on a touchdown drive against third stringers in San uh, for San Diego I'm, State. I'm going to dis- let, let's get to that in a, in a little bit cuz I'm going to disagree with you on there and I might be a hot take as the kids would say. Oh, so we'll man, and I know you love talking like the kids. Yeah, but you know what's not a hot take though is DraftKings. And we've talked about it from day 1, but when betting became legal in Arizona, if you weren't on DraftKings then quite frankly, what are you doing? They have the best deal going right now. You could put down $1 on an NFL game shoe. $1 And you know what? You get $200 to play with. And if you're smart, you know what you're going to do. You're basically going to ignore what Mike Luke says for advice, especially when it comes to backing the A, Arizona. You're going to go with what you, you're going to go with what I say and say, you know what? I'm going opposite that. I'm going to go exactly with what else Mike Luke does not say right there. And that's the unique thing about DraftKings. You had made an interesting point about DraftKings, though, Shu, when you talked about how easy it is compared to some of the other sites. Yeah, it's, it's, and, you know, if you look at a lot, 
and I'm sure a lot of these companies have looked at each other. Let's not be ridiculous. Everybody knows there's a, you know, what there, there's a flood of sports books out there and a flood of sports book apps. But from an intuitive standpoint, how do you navigate it? Where do you want to get to? What are some of the promotional bets? DraftKings is laid out really well. And their promotions are darn good right now. Uh, with the launch on Thursday, you know, they are trying to get people uh, involved and in this. And obviously, we hope that you will take advantage of that. Uh, and and you know what the great thing about it, too, is you know, that it, it's I think it'll be worth it for you. At least just the ability to navigate it. It's easy. It's easy for people like us. But if you do have a little bit of an issue gambling, you can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP and they're going to give you some of the help that you're going to probably that you'll need. And you know what? They're there for you. One other thing, too, if you're watching us right now on YouTube, if you're watching us and you're seeing us break down this game, you know what you should do? We'd like to remind you that you can basically check out any of our podcasts by subscribing to AZ Wildcats and Apple podcast spotify whatever the case may be we're going to be on there and if you're liking what you're hearing we want to remind you that we're going to be cranking out a lot of awesome content here you can go to gophoenix.com and oh by the way you can follow along on twitter instagram and facebook at phoenix sports all right one of the things mike that uh, is interesting that uh, has taken place and, and was a theme of this podcast and a theme of a lot of the discussions we've had this week was the difference between week one and week two in college football. Mm -hmm. And if you start going into hot take mode with a college football game after week one, you're going to get it handed to you in week two. And that has happened all across the landscape uh, in college football, even in this conference. Uh, I think a lot of people, what, what was the line for BYU and Utah? I think it was six and a half. Mm -hmm. Utah was a favorite in that game. It was at seven for a while, yeah. Yeah, and BYU is going to whoop them. And it's mm -hmm. been whooping them all game long. We talked about how Stanford looked dreadful in game one and then made the mistake, maybe, of wondering what in the world was going on with that program as a whole. You know, they've had a couple down years. They've had some down and, seasons, for sure. And they just, they they did what Stanford is known for doing punched USC in the mouth a bunch of times and 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 that's a two touchdown game and it's been two touchdown game for most of it Stanford looked really good against SC uh you know so 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 there are examples and frankly you look up the road you're gonna see a decent final with Arizona State they weren't particularly impressive now two weeks in a row they're mm -hmm. you know UNLV's just UNLV looks okay, frankly, just, just, just from an eye test, improved from an eye mm -hmm. test standpoint. Uh, and ASU eventually wore them down. But, you know, that's a Pac-12 South team that a lot of us have our eyes on as being potentially in a position to have a strong season. And their first two non-contact games against woeful competition have not been impressive at all. All right, so you want to – all right, go ahead. Feel free to slap me a little bit here because you're talking about the quarterback controversy here. And you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a contrarian view when it comes to the U of A. And, you know, when people talk about quarterback controversies at Arizona, generally the one – there's two that generally come to mind, and they were when Arizona was, well, let's be honest, much better. Ortiz Jenkins, Keith Smith back in 1997 through 1999, where Arizona had a top five finish. Then you had Nick Foles, Matt Scott, two future NFL players. Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer is not that. So that's <laughs> that's not where I'm going. Right. Here, but here's, and I've thought this from day one, when I watch Cruz, and again, I get that Plummer is going against third string guys. When Cruz has time, 
he basically kind of hold, he holds on to the ball. He doesn't look comfortable. He looks somewhat skittish. When he doesn't have time, he just throws it 55 yards out of bounds. Not blaming him for that because that's generally what you should do. All I'm saying is this, is that when Will Plummer came into the game, he looked more natural. It looked to me like he had more physical ability. It looked to me like he had a stronger arm. He looked a little bit more comfortable. Again, I get that it's against third stringers, but to me, it's not like Cruz has shown anything where you're like, what do you mean? You can't take Cruz out. You got to keep Plummer in there. I'm all for giving Plummer a chance at this point. Oh, I don't have any problem with that at all. Uh, and and just consider last week that uh, Cruz threw for what 300 yards and had and put up some really good numbers. Helped Arizona move the football, and it looked like the Cats were making some adjustments. A lot of those adjustments worked against them this week, and San Diego State throttled them completely on both sides of the football. And Arizona's offensive numbers were gruesomely anemic. Now. All I'm saying, as far as quarterback controversy is concerned, neither of these guys have earned the job right now. So play them both and mm -hmm. see how they do and see if there's separation on the field. So, you know, I don't know. I think they're both probably going to get a fair amount of reps, probably fairly equal next week against NAU. NAU is not very good from a lesser division. You know, there right. that, that's game Arizona's going to win. Uh, so you're going to have opportunities out there. What's with the spread going to be? If there is a spread and you would go to DraftKings, obviously, to look at, what's the spread in that game going to be? I was you messaging know, some you, people you, during you, the game. Better than I do. 23, maybe? I, you're so good. I thought 24. Okay. All right. I'd, I'd Maybe I'd open it there. There it is right there. And all I did right there, I know that you were thinking for me. Mm -hmm. So that was telepathically it's, it's what a was real ultimately talent. in my mind. It is, in, it is incredible. Uh, but as far as the, the, the point that I'm making in terms of quote-unquote controversy, is that I don't think anything changes. I think, you know, if Plummer starts next week, okay, fine, let's see how he does. If he runs into some problems, Cruz has an opportunity to do really well. It's so early in this new process that Arizona's got to figure out what it wants to do on a lot of positions on the field. Right. Quarterback is no exception there. So, you know, we'll see if one week Cruz is better. We'll see if one week Plummer's better. We'll see as the season progresses if one of them separates and if and those opportunities will be there. If Plummer separates, if Cruz separates, they're going to get more reps. All right. Now it is time for the stat of the game. All right. At the Arizona had a hundred and two yards at the five minute and 13 mark of the third quarter. That in college football, where you're designed to be able to move the ball, where everything stops after a time or after a first down, where the rules are all in your favor, 102, 102 yards with almost 40 minutes gone in a game. That's something that you generally don't see in college football between two teams that are actually Division One teams. That's a pretty rare stat there, John Schuster. Oh, without a doubt. And it showed how much of a talent deficiency Arizona has on the offensive side of the ball. And when you've got an injury to your one player who has sort of breakaway potential in Berryhill, mm -hmm. that just limits things so much more. Right. And, you know, the Aztec game plan was excellent. They had better athletes to... Uh, you know, execute that game plan and Arizona offensively could do absolutely nothing. And I think we're going to see a lot of games like that this year. This one was a little bit more frustrating because they were just completely shut down in the mm -hmm. BYU game. They put up good numbers, but couldn't get into the end zone, right. which I thought might be their problem throughout the course of the year. This one was a lot worse. They, 
they couldn't stay on the field. And right. you're and and if you're talking about a hundred total yards with five minutes left in the game, what are you doing? I mean, that right. that that's a problem. San Diego State had that in two possessions. When I had to look when I when I first saw that stat, I had to look at it and I had to actually go and check on the stat sheet because I was thinking to myself, maybe it was like 172 yards, maybe it was yeah. like 202, and 202 would still be lousy, but you know, right. it's at least a little bit more in that ballpark where 102 is just not going to get the job done. I think, and, Mike, they had two yards in the second half mm-hmm. prior to the late drive. Right, for sure. So that's that's going to be an issue. Now, the one thing that's not an issue, and again, we talked about it before, you should go to DraftKings because that's going to be where you can find stuff for an Arizona NAU spread, for an Arizona whatever game you want to look at, you know what? You don't have to just bet on Arizona. You can bet on a lot of different schools. Arizona is <laughs> not just the uh, hot button issue when it comes to betters out there. And the great thing about it too, again, $1 on an NFL game, just so you know, to go against it, I bet a dollar on San Diego or excuse me, on Seattle to cover two and a half against the Colts tomorrow, which means you're probably going to want to bet on the Colts with the two and a half, or heck, you might even want to go money line or adjust that met money line because, or uh, that uh, get an adjusted line because, with the way I'm going, you know, you just had a tough week. That's all you it is. What? You just had a you had a tough week. You're 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 going to bounce back. You're mm-hmm. going to execute. You're going to make the right lines. You're going to go to DraftKings. You're going to say see what's out there, and you're going to take advantage. You're going to be back on your feet because you're Mike Luke. Mm-hmm. I know. I know Luke's locks. Yep. I know my limitations. I'm a cooler. I'm not very good at this whole thing. So the problem becomes one of us had better be. So I'd put my confidence in you on if a much more regular basis than I would. Well, uh, wait a second, what I though. Think, if, given my history, if you've, yes, got, two, if you've got two coolers, mm-hmm. do, they cancel they, and, each, do they cancel each other out and actually make you a a warmer? They, they, it's a possibility. It's like the weird double negative thing. The problem with two coolers is if we disagree on games, then what happens? That's a great I point. Think that's like some weird vortex, gambling vortex thing that's just going to be a mess. And, and and then I guess, folks, a- after you've opened your DraftKings app, assuming, obviously, that you're watching this and living in Arizona uh, and, and the other states where uh, sports gaming is allowed, then I guess you just got to make your own choice because mm-hmm. you ain't helping you and Luke ain't helping you because they're going in different directions. But I suspect as you watch this further on, uh, Mike's picks are going to come around and be pretty effective. Yeah, I mean, I would cer- I would certainly hope so. But you know what? If you need a little bit of help in the meantime, you know, go to call 1-800 or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP and they can help you out. All right. Now, let's kind of wrap everything up from what we saw here. And I am going to say I did notice, and it was hard, but I did notice a- one good thing that I really liked, and this has happened now twice. Arizona has, Arizona has, their players have played till the end. There hasn't been any quit. And I actually really like Jed Fish calling a timeout to get the ball back when they're down 38 to 14 with like five minutes left. That to me was, you know what? We're not going to win this game. That's really not even what we're going for at this point. I'm going to set a I'm going to set a model right here. And on top of that, I'm going to show these guys that I really want to win and I really want them to get better. I thought that was a cool little thing where I think a lot of coaches, especially Kevin Sumlin would have probably said this game's over. Well, you know, let's get out of here. I liked that. It showed me a guy that was looking for his team to get better, even though he knew that we're going to lose. Right. I, I think that's a very helpful thing. And uh, 
as this season progresses, I think there are going to be some tough games ahead for Arizona, and there are going to probably be some blowouts. Mm-hmm. So, and and if those string together, then that's when you're going to see just the Florida the fortitude of the team and the fortitude of the coaching staff recognizing where they are and what they're doing. Because when you get beat down by 30 week after week after week, it gets a lot more difficult uh, to try to bounce back. That's, that's where the keys are going to be in place. Hey, in that regard, so far, so good. Uh, But there's, but when we get into games, you know, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. And if this becomes a habit, uh, we'll see how much fight, the Arizona football team has. Hopefully that answer is a lot. Okay. Now here, here's my next question. How much fight does the fan base have? Because no, the fan base is done. The, yeah. I, I, I think the same thing because I think this was their one opportunity um, to, you know, show out against a team like a San Diego state and, you know, Jed fish went and he went to the frat houses. They showed all of that. And when you're down 21 nothing with about six minutes left in the first quarter, eight minutes left in the first quarter, for people that are already looking for a reason not to show up, I think Arizona's in a situation now where you're going to have to win games in order for these fans to show up. I think they're going to play. I think they're very much in the they're in the show me state right now. They're not just in the show me state. They're in Apathyville. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst town. That's to be worse in. than being mad. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. No, oh, oh, unquestionably. No, because, yeah. Now, look at it from the student standpoint. The students come in here kind of laughing off. They're eh, Arizona's football. It's kind of funny. They're not very good. You know, mm-hmm. oh, wacky. haha. We see them at parties. That's all great. But, you know, in the end, Arizona football is just not very good. Same old Arizona football. That So, of course, they're going to leave at the half. For the rest of the, you know, for the rest of the home games, the uh, and and the community isn't even going to bother there. Mm-hmm. There, the the amount of interest in Arizona football is done for the for I think probably the remainder of the year. They're not going to draw good numbers. They're not, you, you know, it's not. You hope that they can pull off a really nice upset somewhere along the line, maybe a few times. And I think. Just because this game was as bad as it was doesn't mean the entire thing is unraveled. Again, I'm a firm believer this is a long-term investment, and we're talking three or four years at least. Right. You know, and, and and so it's important to be patient. But the fan base has no in fan base is apathetic. The fan base has no interest in being patient. The fan base sort of passingly maybe watches Arizona football, but they don't care what's said. They don't care what's, you know, particularly talked about. They don't care what's printed. It's just like, huh, okay. You know, it's probably just the way it's going to be. If it happens to be on the background, that's fine. Am I really going to go to Arizona Stadium to check out a game? Hardcores will, uh, which right. is great. You know, it's great to have hardcores. Our, our guy Nate uh, Rady yeah. will show up. And, and our pal tone, Nate, Nate Rady was there tonight and frustrated. And Low, and low Tone Capone, which is a great name, <laughs> says, any chance Jed reaches out to the frats again? I would assume he will, but you know what? It's going to be interesting to see what the frats say because this is a two-way street at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think they're going to – they'll show up in the first half, but it's going to be kind of laughable if Arizona gets blown out in home games. Right. Uh, and now that's going to change if Arizona wins games, but that's what this comes down to. Arizona's going to string together a lot of wins. Is Arizona going to string together a lot of wins in year one? No. We know the answer to that. Is Arizona going to string together a lot of wins in, game in year two? Probably not. So you're looking at the athletic department having to deal with – low attendance for the foreseeable future uh, yeah. and before, but, and they have to win. And when they win, 
you know, more people are going to come. But that's the the time. And this is not Jed Fish's fault. The time of being faithful and we believe that Arizona is, uh, you know, we'll we'll be there from the beginning is just done. This right. fan base is, does not have that mentality. Well, and you know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. Well, I was just going to say that I hope that our fan base out here on AZ Wildcats has a little bit more of a stick-to-itiveness with us because we're going to be here with you. We're going to be breaking down everything. We're going to be with you throughout the week, uh, every post game. And you know what? If you like what you see, you should subscribe to us on YouTube, any of the uh, any Apple, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast at AZ Wildcats. And you know what? You can follow along on Twitter, the entire company, the Go Phoenix uh, company at uh, uh, at Phoenix underscore sports. But Shu, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. Um, it's gonna be fascinating to see where we go from here. But I think we're kind of in the same agree. We're kind of in an agreement here that you know what this was a game that Arizona needed to win to imp- uh, impress the fan base. That obviously didn't happen, and you're kind of looking at probably some apathy setting in. One thing that I did want to say though is that we're gonna have a, we're gonna have some special stuff coming up this week. Lute Olson ceremony is tomorrow. And uh, I'll be down there taking some videos. And, um, you know, that's uh, obviously with Arizona football. It's not Arizona basketball. And you've got a lot of stories because you covered Lute Olson very, very closely for the majority of his career. So looking forward to that. But for, uh, for Schuster, for John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks a ton for listening in to the postgame show. And we will be back with you next week.